I like when you play a little clip before the episode starts. Funny. That was that was just totally because that was so bizarre. So it. if we find another okay. one that's weird, I will we totally to do it. it. I'm Aunt Kelly Anakin. And I'm Molly of Mitchell Sanchez. We're here to take birth control and talk about The Handmaid's Tale. And we are all out of birth control. Thanks, Trump. This is Red All Over, your handy Handmaid's Tale recap. Blessed be the fruit. Hi, Mall. How you doing? Uh, this episode was brutal. This episode, like, I already loved this show based on the pilot Mm -hmm. like i was like you get it bruce miller and i hope his name is bruce miller am i making this up i don't know Mm -hmm. anyway and reed moran i'm like you guys are here totally on the same page as me and a lot of other people judging from the reactions online but this episode so we actually get to see what happens to off this is episode three which is great and can i say just in general about this show i think this is the most violent show i've ever seen that's been targeted towards women do you think that's true because i do think that's true we watch a lot of shows that are not necessarily targeted towards us, like Game of Thrones, yeah. maybe, or whatever Or else. Breaking Bad. Um, I haven't watched it yet. Oh, really? It's really good, but I have no desire to rewatch it. Okay. Um, Everyone keeps telling me to do it, so I will probably... There's a great female character who pops up late in the series okay, who I love. I'm excited. Um, but um, yeah, I think there's something to be said for how violent this is. Because even the book is only implied violence, really. Mm-hmm. And so it's so stark and just brutal and i think it's so funny it's really strange to me that the cultural assumption is that men men are the ones who both inflict and experience violence Mm -hmm. when being a woman is an incredibly violent experience all by itself like if you just look at you know one of the overarching you know themes of this episode is menstruation Mm -hmm. and sort of the the highs and lows uh, particularly when your whole job is to get pregnant and even pregnancy and with the physical like pregnancy is a violent thing it is a violent state yeah your body bizarrely rejects the whole thing i was only ever pregnant for like two months Uh and it was insane yeah it was really insane really yeah i just like oh my like just your boobs hurt all the time Mm -hmm. you're so hungry (laughs) you're so hungry constantly and you know and and the smells really Really? are heightened yeah it was really weird Um, that's crazy but even i think just women and girls are aware of violence so much earlier than men are maybe like i I know boys are socialized to like fight but i think the thing is that like Men men are taught that the violence that they do doesn't carry consequences. Right. When women, we are the consequence. Like, we internalize the consequences. Just the idea that, like, can you remember being little and the first time somebody told you, like, hey, don't sit that way if you're wearing a skirt because people can see up your skirt. Yeah, keep your legs together. Or, or like, and that's, like, the first shitty awareness of, like, fuck, I have to be... careful of myself all the time yeah well and and there's something like, that like and it's like you know i was like what her like or like i remember i'm being, like mom i know you've seen like this on. is not even a, it's weird it's a weird thing but i, I don't believe that anybody wants any part of this yeah well that's the thing too is like being the object of lust before you should like mm-hmm. i remember being like 11 years old and being told like hey don't wear shorts that short because mm-hmm. you're the males in your family and in your life yep and that to me and that's like so that's the weirdest too. thing to me is that 
the ways that I was sexually objectified by men in my family. That's gross. Um, yeah. It was really great. I have an uncle mm-hmm. and I don't see him very often anymore for obvious mm-hmm. reasons. But like at the age of like 16, 17 in con- like he would be having a conversation with me looking at my boobs Ugh. and granted they're great. Can you even imagine these boobs before gravity? <laughs> oh, honey. <laughs> But, you know, it's like, hey, what is wrong with you, men? Yeah. Like, learn some self-consciousness. Like, be aware. And it's like, you're related to me. Purely from a genetic perspective, this should not, this should be repulsive to you. Yeah. This should be repellent. I shouldn't have to fend off weird comments and stares from my own fucking relatives. It's horrible. And I mean, really, when you look at, you know, assault against women, particularly young Mm -hmm. women, it's usually a male family member. Right. And that to me is really messed up. It is messed up. So it's just like women have to be conscious of violence so much earlier, I think, than than men are. I mean, which isn't too... Because, I mean, little boys are also sexually uh, sure. abused yes. very frequently. Yeah. But I think also part of that is, like, they aren't warned. Like, people don't think to warn little boys in the same way that they warn it's little true. girls, which it's, is a true I mean, disservice to little boys. Like, yeah. It's awful. Yeah. And they, they have no tools. I mean, it's not that women have great tools. Yeah. It's just that we know that we're prey. That's it. That's all it is. We're it's told... Children are We're told from a no very early what, age, it's but. like, you specifically are marked Mm -hmm. and it's this sort of weird wishful thinking that boys could be exempt from that i think (laughs) i look it's gonna it's you know what it's not gonna be okay but we're gonna we're gonna talk about this podcast you know what we could do (laughs) what could we do fuck the pain away (gasps) um the pain away no i can't no no i got that hurty vagina remember that's right you can't (laughs) but i like the use of that song in this episode yeah yeah yeah. it's a good time i like that (laughs) um yeah so this episode is called late get it i do get it because of periods because of periods late yeah our first shot actually is of off glenn and i gotta oh. say okay look say what you will about this storyline that prison jumpsuit is cute as fuck it is adorable hashtag orange is the new black <laughs> well this is even like this is more form-fitting like i don't know if it's just because alexis bladell is like really cute <laughs> but like i'm like you look good well hopefully that'll be in the hand even with even with line. even with that muzzle yeah do we get a muzzle in the handmaid's <laughs> tail fashion line <laughs> no and i saw it was like a refinery 29 article and i can't remember who but it's like who wants to dress like this like creating a fashion line based Please on don't. this yeah is like so i should want to look yeah. like a sexual Wait. slave? I don't understand. No. I'm very, Baby, no. I'm very confused. Um, so that would she- be like, honestly, that would be like if somebody's like, "Let's get this new Schindler's List fashion line." Up oh God, and boy, boy, sign me up for that red coat. Am I right? Oh my gosh. So this, um, this episode goes through a couple. This has more density of plot than we've seen because we have off Glenn and what is happening to her. Mm -hmm. We have the visit to the Putnam's Mm -hmm. to visit baby Angela and Janine. And um, we also see sort of when the shit hit the fan and when, and when Gilead really stepped up to the governance plate. And then we've also got Offred is late on her period Mm -hmm. and it is weird. That whole situation is messed up because the first indication we get that things are off is like she comes in from shopping 
and Rita's like, no, 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 give me the bag. Sit down, okay, have your yeah. lunch. And I wondered this because she's eating her lunch not in her room. Mm-hmm. Are we not even going to get butter as moisturizer? I don't think so. If we don't get like, and I guess it's just like, it's just the thing that I took away from this. Yeah. But I'm like, where's my favorite part? <laughs> where's the butter? We'll get it because that does happen in a little bit in conjunction with the Nolite Teba starting. Yeah. If that's what the next episode is called, perhaps. So that's when we get it. But Maybe. You're right. It does. She is doing a lot of stuff in more public places than she does in the book. Yeah, she has a lot more freedom of movement. And I love the production design on the house, though. Very beautiful. There's so mm-hmm. much greenery in that mm-hmm. room with the fireplace. Mm-hmm. It's I like really it in awesome. The mud room, kind of. Yeah. Oh, my damn. So my body does not know what to do with nice Serena Joy. And when Serena Joy starts being nice, well, but I'm like, you're like a viper. I'm like, yeah. I don't trust this at all. And the whole thing is like, so Rita's laid out this whole lunch and she's no, like, oh, I made no, you stewed apples. apples. She traded for cinnamon. And I love the line reading on, I gave her a lot of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow, that is some really valuable cinnamon. Very funny. <laughs> Very valuable cinnamon. And then she's got like a rose and she's like, oh, Mrs. Waterford cut it for you special. Which, did you have Hunger Games flashbacks? <gasps> no, but I should have. Mm. I didn't. I, did. I didn't really like Donald Sutherland in that role that much. Well, I liked him. I don't he was know. Good. I have. I have a lot of ish with President Snow. Yeah, in we, the movie. Yeah, just in general. We, this is a totally different okay. podcast. I don't want to get going on that. Okay, listen to our Hunger Games podcast, District Thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> JK, that's not real. Um, that's so funny about the Hunger Games fandom is everybody in other fandoms are like, oh, dude, I'd love to go to Hogwarts. I'd love to go to Narnia. And Hunger Games fans are like, we're good. We're like, we're you fine. know what? Yeah, like, this is <laughs> this is horrifying. I want no part of this. This is not fun. I mean, Harry Potter is fun. Harry Potter like, is so fun. By and large. Feasts. Yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff magic. going on there. There's owls. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, owls. Oh, my God, owls. Oh, my God, owls. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hootie who, hootie who. <laughs> anyway, Handmaid's Tale. But so, design, roses. but I love the I love the line. A rose is a rose everywhere, but here or something like that. Um, but it's like it has to mean something. And so Serena Joy, as if on cue, comes in in her like in her like bulky gardening sweater, which I love. It Very looks cute. soups comfy. Very cute. And she's like, "Oh, Alfred, you know how are you feeling? Are your breasts tender? Are you feeling nauseous?" And then Rita's like, "It's too early for that." And it's just like the full weight of how co-opted ownership yeah. of her body is uh-huh. because she is truly community property here. Absolutely. And she, like <laughs> Emos's face is just like she's just like. <laughs> she does a really good job okay and then serena joy says all right you finish your lunch and we're gonna go to the putnam's every bite now uh we need to be members of the clean plate club i also wrote that and down. i am like bitch you are crazy i lost my mind i'm like she is not a child i thought that was hilarious oh my god no and just like yvonne stravinsky stravinovsky Swarovski. I don't know. Yvonne. Yvonne's line reading on that is so good. She and is this, an excellent. This excellent is the episode job. that really sells me on her as Serena Joy. 1,000%. I mean, she gets me a real too. showcase here. Me too. Then do you put any credence to the idea that the Warren's wife is M- Mrs. Putnam, as in the Crucible? I, I don't know what they're I potentially could. There. Man, you know what book is so boring? 
The oh. Witches by Stacey Schiff. It's about the Salem witch trials. Yeah. And she wrote one of my favorite biographies of all time about Cleopatra. And this book about yeah. the oh, Salem like witches, that. I loved that one. But the one about the witches is really boring. You know what else is boring? What? Break with charity. <laughs> You are so wrong. I will kick you in the vagina. Oh my God. That book is dope. That book is so dope. Susanna English is bae. Oh my God. What is the matter with you? Uh, you know what else is good though? What? Did you ever read Witch Child by uh, Celia Rees? No, I did not. Real, real good. Okay, I'll check that out. That's kind of cool. I'm, But I'm still not sure what the significance of Waterford is. I don't know what it is, but it is interesting that they're coming down on mm-hmm. that's who that is. Oh God. I, they, uh, I they love were, just how violent your reactions to your notes are. They were because I just, I just scribbled them that way. I think it's Serena Joy who says it's terrible. What terribly hard? What we what do, we do. together? Yeah, which is really interesting. I love that characterization because it's like she had like you see what's left of her humanity come to the fore Mm -hmm. in this episode and she's like you know what this is hard i'm acknowledging how hard this is for you and you almost believe her you almost believe her and then that all gets shattered yeah i will say that i have enormous sympathy for anybody watching this on hulu with commercials because boy are commercials jarring commercials are jarring especially well, and it's like it's like when i watch the americans mm-hmm. and they cut to commercial and like this episode of the americans is brought to you by snapple <laughs> and i'm like i'm like you can't make snapple seem uh sinister this one is very, it doesn't work this one is very obtuse because somehow they got the idea that we want to see commercials for like match.com <laughs> And it was like Match.com. And Find then, a handmaid in your life. It was. It was really <laughs> And then there was this really shitty uh, hybrid car commercial that it would be like, oh, no, someone's getting hanged in the handmaid's tail. I want to buy a hybrid car, but I'm not sure it's for me. It's like, fuck, shut the fuck up. People are dying. <laughs> like, as an advertiser myself, I think that's a decent jingle. But yeah. God damn it. It's so jarring. Capitalism is so awful. Ugh. I just, I was thinking about it this morning as I was carrying our bagels back here. I was like, man, like, why can't the state just do it all? Why can't we all just be equal and not have to work so hard? Like, we're going to automate all these jobs. What is going to happen to us? Let's, let's not dwell. Let's, let's stick with the dystopia at hand. So we get a lot of interesting information about the sort of pre-Gilead days. Oh yeah, um, that's very cool. We see we see Emos jogging with Moira yeah. and I just so admire people who jog in pairs. I am so bad at jogging. Like yeah. I cannot keep pace. Like I, would, I cannot I would pull someone down. I cannot hold myself accountable. Mm-hmm. I cannot hold another person accountable. Oh. And we get a change from the book. People don't smoke as much as they do in the book, which is simultaneously good and bad for me. But instead of trying to buy cigarettes, Mm -hmm. they're trying to buy coffees. Mm -hmm. You know, we see her asking, oh, like, where's Claire? Like the girl that usually works here. And the guy's like, "Uh, how would I know? Such an asshole. He is such that guy. They did a really good job of casting this person. Yeah, absolutely. He seems like a straight-passing gay guy <laughs> who's like about to be like hidden and big in Gilead. He's going to get him an Econo wife and then be boning down with some random commander on yeah. the side. Be careful. Um, uh, anyway, so he, he runs her card and he's like, yeah, there's 
there's insufficient funds. This is like the tiniest thing that makes me nervous in this world full of giant things that make me yep. nervous. Because mm-hmm. I, I hate that now that when you use the chip reader, when it wants you to take your card out of the thing, it goes. Yeah. Because it yeah. harkens me back to being in college and like having to sheepishly put all my groceries away because I didn't have enough money in my account. Like it is like it touches something visceral inside yeah that makes me terrible. no and, and this, so this is, is like the smallest weirdest thing that would make me so embarrassed and so <sighs> so emos asks if samira wiley has any cash she's like no and you know she's like i just deposited my paycheck and the guy's yeah. like come back when you have money <gasps> moira's like what's your name what you know she's gonna clearly like yelp yeah. this and uh-huh. he's like get out of here you fucking sluts <gasps> and they're like horrified but amused yeah well i also think- well and there was also the woman when they were jogging giving them this like real stink eye real stink eye. and like they're not even scantily clad no like if their boobs are bouncing it's just because of the physics of boobs it's yeah not, like no one's trying to make them yeah shimmy yeah but like she's just like staring daggers at them see i think this is another instance of like we need to take better care of each other is we need to be kinder to people that we we just see we need to not presume that we like know their deal and also if we see someone being discriminated against in a public place we need to fucking stick yeah because there are people in that coffee shop and there like nobody so does people. anything well i'm actually a little surprised because i feel like i saw a woman in that coffee shop so either she paid with cash mm-hmm. or like some special she had a gift card or something <laughs> Shannon, like, didn't realize that the uh, dystopia was happening because she just had her birthday, so she had tons of gift cards. So she just kept paying for things with gift cards. Like, oh no, what's wrong, guys? Like, I have like a, I have a Starbucks card. I have like a TJ Maxx card. Like, none of this is affecting me. Like, I had three days off work, so like, nothing's bothering me. Like, maybe it should have like been your birthday. Like, why are you so upset? Oh, I'm Calm like, down. So, Calm Shannon down. Was, like the only person like marginally having fun because it was her birthday right before things happened. So she's like still like riding high off of her birthday. And she's like, it takes like a full week for things to bother her. Because just like she's like, no, it's my birthday week. So I can't I'm sorry, everybody. Like it is my birthday week. The soldiers like show up at her door oh. and she's like, Can you ha- it's my birthday week? Can oh, you I'm come sorry. back later? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah, thank this you. This is Shannon's week. <laughs> and instead, like, the guards, like, have to sing happy birthday to her. <laughs> I feel like, like, also, like, Shannon's dad is, like, one of the framers of Gillian. He's like, look, guys. guys can we Shannon's just give her? It's week. Shannon's birthday week. <laughs> this is, birthday, this is now my favorite fan fiction okay, about The Handmaid's Tale. Anytime there's a woman in The Handmaid's Tale who's getting treated, like, marginally well, it's like, oh, it, it's probably her birthday week. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to shannon Happy oh birthday. shannon uh, <laughs> oh my god so and we see offred at her office trying to call her bank and she's on hold and it's exactly what being on hold is like also she's re- wearing a really heinous beige sweater i do not like this ensemble at all her coloring is not right for yeah. it i'm well, like she has blonder hair yeah and i'm like why are you why are you trying to look ugly yeah. Like, do you know how maybe this is supposed to be part of the tragedy is that she was not dressing hotter before the right to dress hot was stripped from her. Or maybe they want to communicate what a fucking slut she is not. They're like, would a slut That's wear funny. this? Would a, sl- a slut would not ever wear that. <laughs> but uh, so she's there and she goes out and her coworkers like, um, there's like a weird meeting. Like, what's going on? And there's the armed militia is in there. They're all dressed in black, but their blacks don't match. 
So this is no, I'm serious. Like this is clearly like a make your own fatigue situation. Wow, the color on my TV is messed. Yeah, up I could I definitely, I could definitely distinguish between oh, okay. like the different. Like these are not government issue yet. Okay. Like these are just like, hey, you hate women? Put on some black clothes. <laughs> Come on down. Bring your own AK-47, guys. It's gonna be a good time. Yeah, because they've established that it's like martial law. One thing that I wish we saw is everybody's reaction when Congress was slaughtered because they make reference to it. But I feel like, I feel like everybody is behaving so normally here. I would really like some kind of point of reference to be like, so what did you do when they like, how did you react? Was there chaos? I think that would be interesting to see because I think what we found, you know, in a post 9-11 world with like the Patriot Act is like for a while people were okay to consent to these kind of measures because we were all so scared and like together. How long I mean, after I they? We, I was eleven, but how long after they slaughtered Congress did it take for SNL to come back? You know, yeah, <laughs> that's what I want to know. I want, mm-hmm. I want, I want the answers to the tough questions. That's interesting. But was honestly- there a cover of Time magazine that said, <laughs> "Is irony dead again"? <laughs> And Louis C.K. Either way, Louis C.K. is jerking it. Uh, he's always jerking it <laughs> against people's will. Do you um, think that? Do you think that's true? I like Louis C.K. so much. Mm-hmm. I think it might be true. I think it also might be true. It, I think it. I just like knowing what I know about male comedians. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. checks out. I mean, even knowing what I know about female comedians, it's not like we're great. Like we're better. Right. But like, we're all kind of scumbags. Yeah. Maybe not you. You do improv. So it's <laughs> kind of a different. No, I was actually, I was talking to somebody that uh, her son does improv and I'm like, yeah, they're like way more well adjusted than all of us stand up comedians. No. Oh, really? Nah. Would you say there's more rapists in stand up or in improv? Stand up, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Improv is more like sketchy in like, oh, we used to date, so I'm not going to ask her to join my jam team. Like, it's more like petty. Yeah, it's more middle school than maximum security prison worthy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think it's interesting that when they tell all the women to leave, there are a few men in the office that are like, we're going to miss you, Deborah. And the one seemed like the one lady's like gay work husband. Yeah, she's hugging him and I'm like, I see. But it's like nobody like, you know, nobody can do anything. And it's like it's interesting because I've seen a lot of criticisms from recappers that are like, why didn't any of the men do anything? I'm like, because there's fucking other dudes with assault rifles standing around. I mean, men don't do anything when other men say shitty things about women in front of them. Why the fuck would they do something when there's a guy with an assault rifle? Well, and it's just like all these people are saying that as if it's like a new thing. Men not standing up for women. And I want to be very clear. I am on these dudes' side. Like, if if the survival instinct is there, like, look... If somebody's standing there with a gun and they're fucking you up, Molly, I'm probably not going to do anything. That's fine. I'm probably not. I no longer have a wish to be a Catholic martyr. That's okay. Catch me before the age of 18 <laughs> would have been a different That's story. Really nice of you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, it was really nice of me before I stopped I think, though, again, believing in God. It comes back to my thesis of we need to take better care of each other. And I think there's all these people saying that they're male allies because they're like, Oh, I do think this is terrible, but still let their shithead friends mm-hmm. like make these kind of jokes or like I uh, support these things. So I think 
men, it's the onus is on men. I mean, certainly, like, once guns get involved, like, all bets are off, I think. But I think just in a micro version of this, like, men need to stand up to other men to be real allies. In the same way way that white people need to stand up to other white people. And I have a hard time doing it. Like, I am not, I'm not saying this because I am great at it. Because it's really awkward. But it's like, okay, it's really awkward versus the police gunning people down. Totally. It's really awkward versus you know this guy is abusing his girlfriend like better care of each other it's about it's about sacrifice yeah and that's what white women don't do right we don't sacrifice for women of color disabled women Mm -hmm. queer women men don't sacrifice for women period yeah like they don't see why they should Mm -hmm. and yet they want to (laughs) be they want to be applauded yeah just because they, they are would slightly fuck Amy Schumer because she has a belly roll, yeah, like <laughs> like they're slightly less awful, yeah. They're like they they deserve a parade. Like I said, we all need to take better care of each other. The next scene I want to talk about is the scene where they're at their house commiserating, and Luke comes in and he says the thing again. This is like a very well-meaning thing, and. If you're in a relationship, you get the context of it. But he's like, "Don't worry," to June. He goes, "Don't worry, I'll I'll protect you," and it's like that is so kind because that is the sort of the construct of marriage is like we will both take care of each other right come hell or high water but, but as moira and june point that. out they're like that's so patronizing yeah and one thing i do like is that he doesn't try to fuck her that night yeah which he does in the book he's yeah. like he's like let's get it on and she's like no bro i'm but not into it show luke is much more woke he he has all of the humor i think and charm of book luke but he has the good sense not to try to make a move yeah, on her. Yeah. The day she loses her independence. And this scene is interesting too because Moira like goes off and she's mm. like, you know, this is all about men wanting to own us. And mm. I'm like, yes. But then it's like, oh, this this uh, train station is closed. You got to go down here. And Luke's like, do you want to walk with me? And she's like, yeah, it's crazy out there. I and it's, it's like, yeah. and it's, but I mean, it's just acknowledging the reality that yeah. like, no matter how you feel about gender equality, you can't let it blind you to the reality that we live in totally. where women are vulnerable. Yeah. And it's like, it's unclear to me. It's like, is this train station in like a quote unquote bad neighborhood or is it just everybody's losing their shit because I, yeah. of the freezing of the assets. I think it's more of that. Yeah. But I also, even in the book, I don't get the impression that both of the super duper feminist characters, which is uh, Moira and June's mother in this, they all have like a fondness for Luke as much as they mm-hmm. are rubbing. And I think it's because Luke knows the score and he teases them yeah. about what they assume about men. Mm-hmm. I genuinely think Luke is a woke bay. Like, as I much think, as I think show be. Luke is way more woke than book Luke and I think part of that is the function of it having been written in 1985 when standards for being a woke they were much lower (laughs) they were much much lower in 1985 I agree with you I recognize that I have been joking around a lot about killing all men I know I have to be careful with that too because when I watch the show like I said it, it bothers me sometimes to watch it with Mitch and I'll be like fuck I hate men yeah and I realized how uncomfortable I would be if I was sitting with him and he said even jokingly that he hated women. I've been thinking about that a lot actually lately because it's yeah. like, okay. But I think for me, the difference is that I have always thought of men as fully human. <laughs> and I have spent my life yeah. fighting to be acknowledged as fully mm-hmm. human. And in so many instances, I am denied my full humanity yeah. by men. And men don't understand what that's like. It's it's they the do. difference between punching up and punching down. It is exactly. But at the same time, it's like, okay, don't be a complete dick about this because yeah. you still want to get plowed. Exactly. Uh. <laughs> well, I, and 
also it's like I I don't I genuinely don't but sometimes I get so frustrated I fall into this like playful misandry just because I'm like I am so frustrated with it is every time you're like every day a woman is hurt Mm -hmm. uh, either like in like by an institution or by a real physical person and it just it gets so frustrated I once had a screaming crying fight with my Mm ex-husband about Miley Cyrus doing blurred lines with Robin Thicke at the MTV Music Awards I would say Miley Cyrus is my problematic fave because I love her. I love the album Bangers so much. Bangers is a great It is album. such a great album. Anyway, you know, they but it was like she was getting lambasted and Robin Thicke was not getting yep. this treatment. Mm. And then the other thing that we had big crying screaming fights about was Hillary Clinton twice. Whoa. Twice. So in the first time she ran for president and I have this recorded somewhere. <laughs> this is back when like to like come up with stand up I would like talk to Tom and record it. But like I fucking I was hammer drunk, granted, but I was just weeping and yelling. And I was like, you have no idea what it would mean to see somebody who is the same as me in that office. Like, and I mean, from like a biological perspective, there's a racial component there that, you know, it wasn't part of that. And just like, and just he, it's, it's the same thing as like a Bernie bro. It's like you, they, they don't have it. They don't have the synapse that's required to understand what it would mean. And then I think it happened again in Mm. this one. And I just, oh God, I saw somebody's Hillary bumper sticker yesterday and I just, I'm so sad still. I'm sad still too. I'm so sad for her. Me too. Except Um, for, you know what, what heartens, it just heartens me because she does seem like slightly happier. Yeah. I mean, look. Every time. Honestly. No makeup Hillary is my favorite. But you know what else? Like, honestly. Girlfriend deserves a break. Yeah. That's what I keep saying. She deserves a break. She has worked so hard. And like, honestly, the more I think about it, I'm like, we weren't ready. Like as a country, like not that I think it's acceptable. Yeah. But we clearly weren't ready. And she, (sighs) she did so much, like not entirely by herself, but like to put herself out there so much her entire life. Like I don't have the balls to do that. No. God bless Hillary. I love Hillary Clinton. I love Hillary Clinton. Like I, Bill, <laughs> Bill is very questionable to me. Yeah, agreed. I have some reservations Except about he's very adorable with balloons. Like he is very agree. adorable balloons, but like probably raped a bunch of people. <laughs> uh, as Jewel says in her song, "The New Wild West." Okay, <laughs> what good's power if you can't act like a rock star? Oh. Being a rock star is shorthand for. Uh, fucking people indiscriminately oh, regardless no. of consent anyway Here you know and i have i have issues with how hillary has probably aided and abetted him over the years yeah. and at the same time i have such a hard time being mad at a second wave yeah. like i'm upset with turfs for sure but so it's like but it's like you know and i was thinking about this as regards tina fey because i really like unbreakable kimmy schmidt but like tina fey is she's whatever the racial version of a turf is where it's just like she just refuses to acknowledge her racial blind spots and i'm like you have to like you have to this is the world that we live in i don't care if you disagree tina like you can't deny you can't deny and still have your good liberal card but at the same time i'm also like well but she's just dumb like she's just dumb well she's just not she doesn't have the life experience to understand that but i don't know but but it's like ignorance is not the same as ignoring right 
That's true. So that's kind of the, the, the how we can tie that back to yeah. Nate's tale. Yeah. That's a that's a very common thing. Good job, Molly. You're yeah. always keeping us on point. Well, I try. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so be nice to men, I guess. Ugh, Sometimes. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, give them an inch, they'll probably rape you. Oh, but oh, uh, search your feelings. You know it to be true. Dang, this heart of glass cover is so good. <sighs> it's, so this It's this, Philip Glass. Pardon? It's Philip Glass. Did this remix? Wow! I I saw. I read a whole article in Consequence of Sound the about the use of character? pop. No, it's not. Oh. But okay. they call me okay. Mr. Glass. I should. Well, I liked that movie. I never saw it. You never saw Unbreakable? Nope. <gasps> I had it explained to me uh, in context of another M Night Shyamalan it movie. It is quite good. I'd like to see it. It's very underrated. I think it hangs together better than any of his other movies. Okay, because the village made me want to punch. A dog. Don't do that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I love dogs. Have some fucking decency. (laughs) I will not. (laughs) It's not my brand. My brand is indecent. My name is Kelly Indecent Anakin. Oh, that'd be really cool. Right? (laughs) That's a good one. Although people always call me Kelly fucking Anakin. Oh, well, I'm trying to brand Molly fucking Sanchez, so. This happened happened to me without even trying. I don't know why. I'm assuming it's because I enjoy the works of Amanda Palmer mm. as previously discussed mm. on this very podcast. Yes. Anyway. Uh, so you were saying about the music. Yeah. So it's, it's mainly I was looking for what the, the song was at the end of this. Oh, oh anyway, Mitch told me and I, 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 didn't I don't think I wrote it down. So. Uh, shoot. Um, women I'll text him by the, women by don't the end of this care about music. Respond. I don't know what you've heard. But <laughs> we don't care. But I think this uh, <laughs> remix succeeded where the other one were, um, not remix, but I think this musical work. I think I where think the Don't fact about me failed. We know my feelings on the previous one that I thought was great, <laughs> but what this does is it does strip. It strips your assumptions about the song, yes. and it makes it really have a different meaning haunting and it's great it's great so they're at the march everybody's screaming oh. it's basically that kendall jenner pepsi oh. commercial i know i did, <laughs> I did think i was like have y'all tried pepsi because i heard that works real well like, calm down pepsi the official opiate of gilead oh. <laughs> i mean it would be because pepsi sucks it does suck. hashtag team coke team coke all the way. so they're all there moira and june are there and then they open fire uh they those guns are not just decorative no uh the guns are for real and they shoot the fuck out of a bunch of people and they're such a beautiful horrible shot so they run away they get into this is it the same coffee shop that they were in before Mm -hmm. okay so they get into their coffee shop you see this shot in slow-mo of this dude get shot like five times and it is gorgeous and horrifying gorifying gorifying it was gorifying and so Alfred then kind of stands up and is like looking around and then a bomb goes off and shatters the windows and you're just like (gasps) like this is for real it is scary and again i would have really liked to see this juxtaposed against what happened when Congress was killed. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm very, I I'm very curious. We'll get to see that. You know, were, was, was there anything, just what happened? Yeah. As, as Fred Willard once said, <laughs> what happened? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> I guess let's, let's take this in two chunks. So let's wrap up Offred's storyline and then get to, uh, of, of, yeah. get to Offland's story. Yeah. So the oh Jesus Christ! We didn't even talk about Janine. Let's talk about Janine. Oh my God! We need we need to talk about Janine. She's she's the Kevin of this story. What? (laughs) We need to talk about Kevin. 
Oh, <laughs> I thought you were talking about Kevin from the office. <laughs> no, dude, you always want to talk about Kevin from the office. Always. <laughs> okay, yeah. So she goes up to visit Janine, who they're already they say has bit Mrs. Putnam, which is weird. Like Very even weird. for Janine. Very is weird. weird and but they let Alfred hold baby Angela for like a half second <gasps> and then another one of the wives is like that's enough of that let's get you away from here yeah and it's just so awful and because like Serena Joy's actually being very kind and she's like Alfred knows she's done this before yeah. you know she's being very deferential to her which mm-hmm. is kind of interesting so Alfred goes up to see Janine and she is talking to her and she's like oh hey like it's great mm-hmm. to see you and then she Alfred is like um did you bite Mrs. Putnam mm-hmm. and Janine says she tried to take Charlotte oh. away from me and Alfred's like Charlotte can't name her and Janine Janine's like that's her real name and then she goes on this whole thing she's like I can do anything I want because I had a baby I get ice cream it's only vanilla and I'm like girl I feel you vanilla ice cream is bullshit vanilla ice cream is bullshit even though I bought some the other day I'm making a root beer float no I forget why I think I was gonna make a coolie pardon (laughs) a coolie that's gonna. That is a racial slur. No, it's not. <laughs> what is a coolie? It's like a. It's like a fruit drizzle. Like you like take raspberries and sugar, and you like. Uh, okay. It's like a compote, but more so. I got you. Okay. I was just confused. <laughs> I, never, I have never heard anybody call it that. That must it, be a Midwestern thing. It's not. It's French. Oh well. Whatever. <laughs> Granted, uh, in Ohio we have a city called Versailles. So. <laughs> I know that from the Princess Diaries book. God, um, I love Princess Diaries. Oh, me too. Can't even. So, and then the next thing that Janine says is that the commander is in love with her. And he's going to run away with her. I have a lot of questions about this. <laughs> me too. I have a lot. Because we've never met Commander Putnam. We never met Commander Putnam. Mm-hmm. My question is, is he seeing her privately in the same way that Commander Waterford is seeing Offred privately? Knowing how bonkers janine is i think it's more likely that like janine opened her eyes while they were doing the sex exchange Uh and he made like quasi significant Mm -hmm. eye contact with her and she's like that's it yeah that's enough oh man because janine is cracked like they they show that she is so i wouldn't put it past janine to just extrapolate too much yeah. from a small thing like that so it's terrifying because we know that's not gonna happen i read an interview with her which we'll share on our Facebook Oh, I'm excited. Page. And she's from Orange is the New Black. I didn't realize until... Is she? Yeah. Who is she? In the first episode, uh, she's in the first season, I believe. She's dating uh, the woman that used to date Big Boo. And then that oh, woman gets out of prison. Yeah. And her, this, her character overdoses and like kills herself. <sighs> it's real bad. That but she's excellent in that. And she's excellent in this. Did you read about the hacker that was trying to hold Netflix for ransom because yeah. they got hold of the... I, and it wasn't even the... It was episodes two through ten. And I'm wow. like, I'm like, call me when you have one through ten, <laughs> hacker. Like, this is some shoddy We're ass miss stuff. all the exposition if you post to I'm like, look, like, Lori Petty showed up in the first episode of season two. <laughs> like, there might be a real special guest star that we're gonna miss. Well, and, and particularly the last season of Orange is the New Black ended on such a cliffhanger. Like, yeah, you can't just, you can't start, just start with episode two and be like, what happened? Uh, what wow. happened? What happened? <laughs> what, what is this other catchphrase? It's like, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Janine. Anyway, but so her, her, she was like, oh, you know, I, I felt like she was 
laying it on a little thick in the interview. It oh, was yeah. very actory. And they clearly, <laughs> Tulu clearly deployed, like after the article that we posted where it was like, why is everybody in The Handmaid's Tale pretending like it's not feminist? Yeah. They did a hard 180. I know, I just And everybody's, everybody's like, no, 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 I'm a feminist. It's <laughs> feminist. We promise. And it's just like, I'm like, y'all, this is just a bad... Because I also understand, because it is also very actory, the things that Elizabeth Moss was saying about, like, it's a human story. Like, actors, I I was one, okay? I'm a recovering actor, and we are awful people. Very embarrassed for the things I did while I was an actor. No, and it's like, it's always just so scarfy, you know? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, to me, like, it's it's a combo where I think they did get directed from the PR department that was like, try to play up the universality. You guys, yeah. And then they were like, yes, we love being actors. We will do this. (laughs) And so now they're on kind of a goodwill tour where they're like, no, I love feminism. It's great. (laughs) But it's also like, it smacks of trying a little too hard. So to wrap up Offred's storyline, she ends up coming home and gets her period. You're forgetting the part oh. where she is interrogated <gasps> by the eye and gets the shit beat out of her by Aunt Lydia. This, it is tough because the scenes with Off Glen, oh. the, the former Off Glen, because the new Off Glen is still here and she's like, <laughs> what's up? Like, what happened to the old Offlin? And she's like, don't know what you're talking about. So, and I love, I love this doofball who is the interrogator. Cause like, it's like the tone of his, he's like, you know, he sounds like Luke Wilson. (laughs) Is what he sounds like to me. Cause he's like, oh, friend, I find these, uh, these Uh sessions are a lot better for everybody if we're all on the same page really because he's to me sounded like buffalo bill <laughs> look i loved him like he's Was off glenn a big fat person <laughs> <laughs> it puts the lotion on its it puts butter. the butter on its skin how many but times yeah. is that joke gonna come up he is derpy anyway so he's there with aunt lydia and they're asking her all these questions about off glenn and they're like uh did she ever try to touch you so basically they're not even asking her about the subversion yeah they're, they're just, just asking about the gay stuff so and supposed- offred says the word gay yeah, and that, that that is when aunt lydia that. is that when she shocks her or when she clocks her with she the prod shocks her. she shocks her and she's like you know that word is forbidden we don't say that <sighs> on wednesdays we wear pink and we never say the word gay <laughs> goonies never say gay <laughs> they probably wouldn't they it was the yeah, 80s it's a different time uh yeah so that's horrifying and and, and off Offla- Offred is like much more defiant than she would be in the book. It's interesting like, too because you know he's like, "Did you ever walk down by the river?" Yeah, <laughs> and she's like, "It's pretty by the river," and I'm like, "Girl, it's gonna be okay." And her, the the inner monologue of her like bargaining with God. Yeah. <sighs> and because she's like, "Please no pain, please no pain," and immediately she gets cattle prodded. Neck. So she's just like, no, like we never, we talked about the weather and shopping and they want to know if she knew that off Glenn was a gender, gender traitor. traitor. Yeah. And she's like, well, yeah, she mentioned her wife in passing and then in saying, I knew she was gay. Like she knows what she's doing at that yeah. point. Well, we also are to take from this is that somebody heard in the birthing van. So somebody snitched from that situation. Oh, I didn't even put that together. That's what I get. Cause that's the only time she says something gay around more people than, well, but also though, she gets a lot of the details from, uh, Rita because the Marthas have their own network. So the, the story is, yeah. Off Glen was in a relationship with a Martha. Yeah. There was the black van of the eyes. They did something quick and brutal so she couldn't scream. And like, that was it. 
She was gone. And then, so in this interrogation, like Alfred is like had it with these people. And so Aunt Lydia says something to her, you know, she's like, oh, remember, blessed are the meek dear. And she says back, blessed are those who suffer for the cause of righteousness. And then Aunt Lydia comes over and clocks her with the cattle prod. I don't know why she gets mad about this other than she backtalks. But she backtalks with something that Aunt Lydia should agree with. I I mean, I think it's a tonal thing. Yeah, I think you're right. You know, I think they were looking for evidence that they didn't get. And that's yeah. got to be frustrating as an interrogator. Also, Nick knew about this. So Nick drives her home from the Putnams and he's like, Hey, don't be brave. Like there's no winners here. Like yeah. just tell them what you know and it'll be fine. And so she's getting the crap beat out of her by aunt Lydia. Mrs. Uh, Waterford comes in at that point and goes, she's pregnant. <laughs> and this is why I love this. eye. <laughs> This is why I love him so much. He's like, oh, what a blessed day. Congratulations. Congratulations. And I'm like, bitch, every doctor's appointment for any ailment that I have, the first thing they ask me is the date of my last menstrual period. Did it not occur to both of you, at least to Aunt Lydia, to be like, hey, uh, any chance you're pregnant? Are you pregnant? Are you pregnant? Because this is like bodily trauma like this can cause a miscarriage we don't have definitive answer in this series whether or not the commander's impotent do you think that's what it was or do you think she just had a period i think she probably was just late yeah a miscarriage is a little different from your regular because like there's a lot more stuff that comes out granted we're talking about like this would be like seriously at like the zygote phase like there wouldn't be that much to pass but i think it is more likely that it's just her period but um anyway so like they leave she's like up in her room and like nick sneaks in to give her some ice which she doesn't even use Mm -hmm. and she like gives him some shit she's like yeah i'm fine except this weird guy snuck into my room (laughs) and he like she's a sassy molassy all the time he feels bad he's like i should have just kept driving with you it didn't break my heart i was like well then why because that was not the tone that i got from him at all before me neither i didn't get that he cared about her at all and it's like what did you think was going to happen bro they carry and use these cattle prods like you're most likely an eye like we don't have complete confirmation but it seems pretty clear what's in those boxes (laughs) maybe it's ice (laughs) so we have that and then the last interaction we see is her getting her period and god so no ice cream for you this month young lady that killed me i know i thought that was a good line too but i wrote i wrote this this uh note in my book i said nice serena joy is so weird and then the next line i go never mind (laughs) it switches on a dime she doesn't hang out for long oh man but she's like a werewolf that yvonne props to yvonne because she can turn like that well because that's what the next day after she gets her period she goes to where serena joy is she's clearing out this room Mm -hmm. this the boxes make sense in this context there we go that's what they're don't know about all the other boxes but um she's gonna turn that room into a nursery and alfred has this like petrified smile on her face and she's like i got my period Mm -hmm. and serena joy immediately her face falls she grabs her marches her through this weird like servant's passageway that leads to her bedroom Mm -hmm. and she's like you stay in here things can get much worse for you and it's like dude it is not her fault i know like, and I know that that's not part of Serena Joy's worldview, but I'm like, dude, it is, said the really, same thing. it is really hard to get pregnant. Like, that's yeah. what's so weird is like, we're so like, ooh, about getting pregnant, but like, it's actually really hard to get pregnant. Right. Like, 
even if your egg gets fertilized, the chances are very low of it actually attaching to your uterus Mm -hmm. and sticking around. Like it is, it's, our bodies are weirdly inhospitable to creating new <laughs> life. It's very strange. Uh, all right. Well, now I guess we ha- let's talk about off Glenn's okay. story. And let's talk about Alexis Bledel because oh. she doesn't even have a line. And she's so good. She doesn't talk at all. At all. She does brilliant eye acting. I mean, helped in part by the fact that she has gorgeous Her eyes, eyes are so pretty. Really pretty eyes. So but she does such a good job. So she's muzzled this whole episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, so we see her at the very beginning. She's put in a cell. The next time we see her, they're hustling her out to go to her quote unquote trial. Mm-hmm. And we see the oh, Martha who's God. involved. And so the trial, and I love a good kangaroo court in a dystopia. Um, although my favorite kangaroo court is the one presided over by uh, Killian Murphy as the scarecrow. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> because did I know you were going to say that? Because I love Killian I Murphy so much. Speaking of beautiful eyes. Yeah. <sighs> he is. He has not aged, by the way. He might be Dorian Gray. He's such a weirdo. <laughs> I don't like him. You're wrong. Oh, God. Oh, God. Peaky Blinders, man. Uh, incidentally, if you like Peaky Blinders, we cover it on my other podcast, oh. Family Meeting, a wow. Peaky Blinders podcast. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a sub podcast of Up Yours Downstairs. Oh, okay. So we have that one, and then we have the one for Mister Selfridge called The Palm Court. Oh. It's just it's basically like different graphics. That's fun. that's all. Anyway, so they're like, oh well, you violated Romans chapter and verse. The Martha is sentenced to the mercy of the. Wow, they they say this something is a collective. Yeah. Anyway, which I thought I assumed meant participation, but it does. Not. No, it does not mean that. And Off Glen is sentenced to redemption. And we'll get to what that means in a minute. But they cart them both in the same black van. They go to this place with a crane with a noose. Wait, wait, wait. You're missing a part in between where... <gasps> she tries to... She tries to seduce the guard. She tries to seduce the guard. And he, like, almost goes... Like, you can see it play out on his face. He's like, I could totally get a handy. But then he slams her against the wall. And it seems like he's about to I, I thought hurt her. As well. But then it's time for the trial. So they yeah. go in. But then... She's in the the car with the in the van with the Martha, and they're both crying and holding I onto each other's hands. They get where they're going. They open the door. They rip her out of the van. They unceremoniously march her to the noose. They put the noose around her neck. They have the crane lift her, and like this is like one of the only sounds that we hear Alexis Bledel make. It's just like a like it's awful. It's so bad, and they don't even like she doesn't even die. Like she's still wriggling and this is another i think this is like i said a callback to that scene where they're sitting by the wall and, and they hoist up hung yeah slightly off frame and this is again she's even framed perfectly within mm-hmm. the window of the yeah. van so they drive off it is it's horrifying. so horrible horrifying and i've seen fucked up stuff on tv and this will haunt me this will haunt me so the next time we see her She's in a stark white hotel ward, which is empty the way the maternity ward was empty. Yep. She's in a white gown and she wakes up and she tries to get up and then she moans because she's in pain and she gets up and she's feeling around her crotch and she lifts up the gown and we see this sort of like mesh underwear with like a cotton pad um, right where her vulva is. I think this is a testament to just like horrible woman's intuition Mm -hmm. is mitch said oh i think they they sewed her shut and i said no they didn't just Mm -mm. watch Mm -hmm. just watch Mm -hmm. i know i knew as soon as as soon as she showed that i knew exactly what happened i knew exactly what happened so somehow i mean i'm assuming they have video 
feed of that room so because aunt lydia comes in right as no 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 no. nobody wants to see that no no no. aunt lydia comes in and she calls her by her name which is emily oh she did yeah she says i missed that she says emily is her name like emily gilmore what (laughs) jk i know it has no this is like a gilmore girls prequel (laughs) or a sequel i don't know so she says the stitches will come out in a few days you'll still be able to have children but it'll be so much better because you won't be able to want what you can't have because they have cut out her clitoris uh, they uh, they have circumcised her and aunt lydia tells her this and you just see all of these emotions playing and this is the first time we've been able to see alexis bladell's mouth Aunt Lydia walks out and then this song kicks in, which we have. Uh, yes, I have. Do we have the name have of the it? For the song. It's uh, Waiting for Something by Jay Riatard. Is it Riatard? R E A T A R D. But and it's then, like a very like 80s post The Clash punk. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's, uh, the lines are like something like, I don't know myself. I don't want to be anymore. around these creeps. Like it's just, and like it's these weird, and I don't totally agree with the way that they cut this, but it's just these like tight close ups on Alexis Bledel's face. I don't face. like how they cut this either. But I do like the scream at the end oh, as the enormity of what's happened because, I mean, obviously being sentenced to redemption in Gilead and is like anybody's guess. To show, uh, to just, I looked at the lyrics just now, it, the lyrics are it's not complete, I must be complete. Uh, oh no oh no they won't get me uh stand on my feet live with these creeps i'm sitting waiting for something to happen like oh god and just like as bad as the ritual is Mm -hmm. the ceremony i'm sorry as bad as the ceremony is with a clitoris it's gonna be well because it's not as far as my understanding of female genital mutilation goes is you it's hard to just take off a clitoris like they cut off a whole uh, part of your i'm so sorry oh, uh, oh like this is your, so awful labia and it, it makes it it's on it's not so much because your your clitoris is is only so much of the equation right right right, right? but now it'll make sex so much more painful mm-hmm. well and part of the stimulation of the clitoris also stimulates lubrication exactly and i suspect i suspect that gilead is an anti-lube dystopia so i after this uh after watching this i made a donation to one of the organizations i found on uh, stopfgmnow.com because this is happening if you're not aware this is happening all the time all over the world young women and it's i mean far be it for me to express m- my cultural beliefs on another culture but that is wrong it there is wrong no way that isn't wrong and if you if you fucking step to me and are like well how come it's okay to, to circumcise boys blah, blah 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 it's like well you can still have a sex life that is satisfactory mm-hmm. without a foreskin and hi a foreskin isn't tied to patriarchy the same way that a clitoris yeah. is yeah so don't don't Please don't come at me. I have no patience for that argument. And I'll say that, I mean, I, again, I am not going to have kids, but I think if I had a son, I wouldn't circumcise him. Yeah. Because I watched an excellent Penn and Teller bullshit about it. Oh, interesting. (laughs) When a baby boy is circumcised, Mm -hmm. the pain is so great that the baby boy passes out. That to me, anyway, it's for similar reasons to not doing it to women. 
Like, I, I agree with your perspective. Right. There's a lot of other weird cultural stuff tied in with male circumcision. Ooh, which we can talk about when we talk about the red tent. Yes, we can. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. That poor guy. Anyway. That is, I mean, if you talk about how, like, women do so much for men, that is, like, the one instance yeah. of the dude, like, going out of his way for a lady. And he was like, happen. that pussy is so good. Oh. It is just... It's a, it's a false appropriation. I love, I love that we see what happens to her and yeah. the enormity of what happens to her. I just think all around, they knock it out of the they park with this episode. Brutal. And it's so brutal. It's so brutal. I... I'm so angry about whatever that article was that you sent me of like all the men on Twitter and like the one who was like, my feminist girlfriend says that the handmaid's tale is a rape fantasy. And I'm like, you, just, you and your feminist girlfriend who I don't believe exists are idiots. Well, it's just, I think that's I mean, like, too, yes, it that's is not a nuanced enough look. It's, at it. it's a rape fantasy in a very broad sense. Yeah. I, I it think, is a made up world where rape is codified. <laughs> I mean, just to, bring it back to the discussion that we began at this episode Mm -hmm. is like, if you're a man and you think that this is heavy handed, it's only because you don't realize the violences that women have to think about every day. Whereas it's in the micro of being like hurt or abused on the street. And then the macro of the reality, the fucking reality that women every day are getting hurt like this. Yep. I left the house in shorts today. Yeah. Within 30, 45 seconds, I was being catcalled. Mm-hmm. I wasn't clear if it was being directed at me, but it, this guy was like saying a lot of really re- like yeah. weird racial stuff to me about like black guys and Jews. And That's I was, weird. it was really like, he was clearly bonkers, but like he, he said something and I did the, huh, don't kill me smile. You know, you yeah. know the one. Oh, I know. And he was walking behind me for fully a block and a half and I had to stop at a walk light with him. And I'm like, I don't know what is going to happen. And it's terrible because I am a capable person. I am a pretty confident woman. Right. But when this happened, I was like, shouldn't have worn shorts. Shouldn't we had the vague sense that we somehow deserved this. That moan was brought to you by the Handmaid's Tale. (laughs) All right, man. I think I think it's time to wrap up. Oh yeah, I just want to note that my notes on it are like regular notes, regular notes, regular notes, and then one line where it just says "fuck." And there's fully there's there's fully an alphabet's worth of (laughs) U's in there. Like it's very fun to look at. (laughs) So I think this is a harbinger of things to come. Like if you thought if you thought it couldn't get worse, uh, you are wrong. I am I am excited and terrified. Me about too. what else this is bringing because it's like so they've expanded off Glenn slash Emily's role Which what's gonna happen because in the book she just kills herself Do- oh right she does mm-hmm. I forgot that so that, to be honest unfortunately that could probably still happen in this show I would kill myself yeah. if I got if everything that has happened to her happened to me totally because she was like a cellular biologist mm-hmm. and like it, she was this super accomplished woman and thrown into this she's a lesbian she mm-hmm. gets her clit cut off. Mm-hmm. Her son taken away from her. What, uh, what's left for you in this what world? For you? Find yeah. some bootlaces and do it. Fuck, well, this show is dark, man. It's, <laughs> I think it's the darkest show that has ever been made. TVH. You know, 
I'm inclined to believe with you because even in Game of Thrones, it's like, okay, but also here's some dragons. Here's and some wine drinking. And also here's ha, Peter ha, ha. Dinklage being funny. Ha, ha, na, na, na. And this has like tiny funny moments. But, but it's all gallows couched. humor. Yeah. Well, and this is now. This is right now. Game of Thrones is, oh, this is sort of medieval and made up. Yeah, this is, this is so, like, this is still pretend, but it's so much more rooted in our current reality. Man. Well, I mean, thank you for being along for the ride, everybody. Sorry we ended so upsettingly, but I genuinely. The episode ends upsetting. I wrote in my notes, I go, how can we possibly be glib about this? And we're not glib. I don't think we've been glib. And I think it's important for everybody who's listening, like take care of yourself while you're watching this show. That's true. Yeah. Like I, I, you need to balance it out with something good. I mean, what I found live out, live out Molly's Emos bathtub puppy (laughs) cupcake scenario. However, that shows up for you in your life. Well, like I keep saying, I think the positive thing that's coming out of us doing this podcast is you and I get to hang out. We usually have breakfast. I'm very sad. We didn't get to do yoga today, but I know, but you know, I really love doing this podcast with you because most of my podcasting experience has been with men. Yeah. And this is so much better. Like it's so like, I feel like we share it equally. Uh-huh. Like, it's just, I don't know. Like, it's just a very different experience. Like, you it's get all my, fun. I can talk about a break <laughs> with charity. I can talk about Caroline B. Cooney with you. Like, yeah, I love it. Dudes don't know or care what I any agree. of that is. And it's so comforting. So I agree. So do hold some, tight to your girlfriend. Yeah, hold your girlfriends. Take care of other people in your mm-hmm. life. Take care of yourself. Always carry cash. Always carry cash. Always carry cash. <laughs> If they eliminate cash, then we all need to move to Europe or somewhere where there's cash. <laughs> South America, they're not at all particular. Uh, they took in all those Nazis. Yeah. So. There you go. All right. Well, thanks for listening, yeah. redheads. And uh, no lite, take heart, starte, scarborundorum. Da-dum, 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 da-dum,